Hi. Uh, this time I want to share with you a little uh, information about this mysterious guy called W.D. Fard. Earlier I talked about, uh, about him, how he was the founder of the Temple of Islam after the death of Noble Drew Ali. Well, W.D. Fard is uh, quite a prominent figure uh, among those who uh, are in uh, you know, the nations of Islam. And so I want to share with you some information about, about him. There are various, people say various things about him, but I just want to share with you, uh, try to organize the facts and the mythology about him so you'll know a little bit about him. First of all, let's talk about his origins. Uh, Fard was frequently arrested and booked for various crime. he has crimes. He had a, a long criminal record. And, uh, and, and on each time he was arrested, he, he identified himself consistently as a white man, born in 1891. And uh, he gave uh, two basic stories uh, explaining uh, uh, his family background. His first story went something like this that he was born in New Zealand. His mother was Polynesian, and his father was an Englishman who arrived in New Zealand on a schooner. The second story he told about his background is probably backed up by the facts, that he was born in Portland, Oregon in 1891. His parents were Zerd and Patrice Fard, and they were both from Hawaii, but they were not of Hawaiian extraction. They were probably a British extraction or something else. So that was probably, that's, the facts bear that out. Now, there are some unlikely theories of others that, 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 that relate to uh, his origins. The first theory goes something like this, and this is according to Elijah Muhammad, that Fard was biracial. Uh, his black father often visited the mountains in his country where some Caucasians lived. He married a Caucasian woman, uh, in order to sire a son. And he planned for his son to live in, in white civilization, undistinguished as a black man. That's according to Elijah Muhammad. Uh, theory two, that Fard was a black Jamaican whose father was a Syrian Muslim. Uh, theory three, that Fard was a Palestinian Arab and he participated in racial agitations in India and South Africa and London. Now, who does that sound like? Sounds like Mahatma Gandhi, doesn't it? Because Mahatma Gandhi uh, was in South Africa, and he did uh, uh, participate in several demonstrations against uh, apartheid in South Africa. Theory number four, that Fard was a trained diplomat at a London university. And he was trained to serve the Arab nation. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you straight. Now, of course, obviously, what is the Arab nation? <laughs> there are many Arab nations, okay? But he served the Arab nations. And he was also trained to free blacks in America from oppression of the, the caveman, namely white folks. All right. Theory five, that Fard was a Turkish-born Nazi agent who worked with Hitler during World War II. <laughs> Those are the prevailing theories about his origins. Those, and of course, they're all, uh, there's no facts that back them up. I, that last one, I saw a picture of a newspaper headline that claimed that uh, this guy was uh, 
a Nazi agent and all that. But, of course, you know, you can fake those. You can make fake newspapers. Let's talk about his background, then. Um, three basic theories uh, surround him in terms of his background. Uh, theory A, that W.D. Fard was a member of the Moorish Temple of Science, led by Noble Drew Ali. Some sources say that he was a member of that group. Some say he was not. But either way, when he started the Temple of Islam, it was inspired by the Moorish Temple of Science. And of course, he did lead up one of the lead one of the factions that that broke broke that 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 uh, resulted after the death of Noble Drew Ali. So, he led the Temple of Islam. Uh, another theory, theory B, would be that Fard was a rabbi of a black Hebrew sect, and his name was Arnold Josiah Ford. Now, if you remember in an earlier lecture, I talked about uh, when the theological vacuum developed in terms of, its, of empowerment and its, uh, and its related uh, uh, concerns, uh, then among those who tried to bring about uh, uh, alternative, idea, uh, alternative theologies of empowerment were a number of uh, uh, black Jewish sects that, that rose up. So the theory is that W.D. Fard was one of those. But, of course, in those days he was called Ford. Um, uh, and as Arnold Josiah Ford, he was from Barbados, and became a close friend of Marcus Garvey. Right. Now, Marcus Garvey was the founder of the United Negro Improvement Association, the UNIE, uh, and uh, UNIA rather. And uh, Ford tried to persuade Garvey to embrace Judaism and failed. This is as the story goes. So once he failed to get him to embrace Judaism, then as a result, tension built up between Ford and Garvey. And in 1923, uh, Garvey expelled Ford from, uh, from the UNIA. Ford later abandoned the Beth Benai uh, Abraham group, the group that, was, uh, that, uh, that he had started, which was disbanded in 1929. And he disappeared from New York in 1930. That very same year, he appeared in Detroit as W.D. Fard. So that's theory B. Theory, uh, theory C is where all the evidence points, and it goes as follows. That Ford's fingerprints match those of Wally D. Ford, born in Portland, Oregon, February 25th, 19, I mean 1891, a convict who served time in San Quentin prison. He was arrested on drug charges. Evidently, he was a drug dealer. And he served time from June 12th, 1926, to May 27th, 1929. After his release from prison, he told his former fiance that he was going to the Midwest to sell silks. Well, the very next year, he shows up in Detroit at, in the Paradise Valley selling silks and doing magic tricks for people and teaching them various things about uh, the Bible and about the Quran, and the, and the whole point was to get the people from the Bible to the Quran, and that way he began to attract followers. People would let him into their homes, and, and he would talk about, it's kind of like a Jehovah's Witness that goes around witnessing, and that's what he did, and he built up a following. And, of course, later he recruited uh, uh, Elijah Poole, who later became uh, uh, Elijah Muhammad, and, and several others. 
Now, I said earlier that W.D. Farthen disappeared. According to Islamic or, or, or the, the, the mythology of the nation of Islam, he just mysteriously disappeared one day. Well, here's what the facts point to, that he stayed in trouble with the law, partly because he was implemented in a ritual killing, and partly because of what he advocated and taught. And he was not very popular among uh, the establishment at the time. And therefore, because of all this, he was forced to withdraw from the Temple of Islam. But before his disappearance, uh, Fard gave a stirring speech to his followers. And his parting words went something like this. I am with you, and I will be back uh, to you in the near future to lead you out of this hell. So we know that to be true so far. Now, here are some theories about his disappearance. Theory number one that Elijah Muhammad offered Fard up as a ritual sacrifice to Allah. Theory number two, that uh, Fard was spotted boarding a European-bound ship. Theory three, that Fard was killed by an angry crowd of ex-members of the Temple of Islam. Theory four, that Fard was killed by a mob of enraged whites because he spoke against the white devil. Now understand if you, you, you're looking at his picture, you begin to see the, uh, the irony of all of that. Theory five, that Fard drove a new car from Chicago to Los Angeles wearing flowing white robes. Later, he, he sold his car and boarded a ship bound for New Zealand. And finally, theory six, this is where all the facts uh, point, and this is the most likely uh, uh, explanation, or this is the most likely scenario of his disappearance. That he moved from, uh, he moved to California and changed his name to Abdullah. He developed a mystique as a wise Muslim sage. He was seen by many over the decades, and he finally died in the early 1990s slightly over the, year, uh, over the age of 100. Uh, a very mysterious man. Now, um, uh, according to um, uh, Louis Farrakhan, he gave a speech back in, 90, back in 86 saying how he had been taken aboard a spaceship. Uh, he described it as a wheel, a wheel uh, in the air. And aboard that spaceship, uh, he came to see W.D. Farr, that he was there, and also Elijah Muhammad. And he said that he had received this cryptic secret message from, 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 from uh, W.D. Farr that he couldn't explain. And, of course, he, he starts talking about this uh, as if it, it was a vision, but it becomes reality because he began to say how this wheel in the air uh, uh, caused problems on an aircraft carrier, a United States aircraft carrier. But so according to um, uh, the, the teachings of the Nation of Islam, uh, W.D. Farr is still alive. He's aboard the spaceship. He's Allah in the flesh, and all prayers are directed towards him, uh, the man who gave the great teaching that, that the white man's the devil. So he's a mysterious guy, uh, but yet and still the facts um, uh, kind of take some of the mystery out. But that's who he was. Uh, there are other uh, theories that I've heard about uh, W.D. Fard. Uh, I remember I was talking to a, a member of the Nation of Islam on, uh, on um, 
on Manhattan Beach out in California, and he said that uh, that Fard was really a, a black man, but he came in disguise. Well, the facts bear out the fact that he identified himself as white. And again, why uh, people uh, believe what they believe, that's, that's a whole other thing. But you've got to understand that the, the doctrines of the Nation of Islam are an attempt to address African-American cultural core concerns. And those concerns are dignity, identity, and significance. We as Christians have a much better base to address those concerns, and we need to, to do it post-haste. So that's a little bit about W.D. Fard. Thank you.